Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another very special production of The People's Truth here on 95.9 FM WATD. Your host, Benny Rabbi, here with you. A couple of legends in their own right hanging with us today. We're going to have all kinds of great information from Mr. Randy Grimes and Mr. Tony Martino. Gentlemen, welcome to The People's Truth. And how is it down there in sunny Tampa Bay? It's it's chilly. You know, nobody in Tampa owns a coat, and here it is in the 50s right now, so it's a little chilly for us. I see people uh, out there uh, in five or six shirts on That's awesome. trying to survive this winter blast. Winter blast, of course. Uh, I myself up in the Northeast, we just got a uh, foot and a half of frozen slush snow yesterday. Uh, there was no need for a shovel yesterday. You just needed your uh, your chisel, your pick, and your hammer. That's all you really needed to get the car out of the ice block. <laughs> That's brutal. I don't know how y'all do it. Oh, man, I don't either. We just get through. That's how we do. <laughs> but you know what? You guys have quite the story to share. And, Randy, I, I'm absolutely so happy to have you here course former tampa bay buccaneer was center yeah 10 years 10 years all all here in tampa please tell me about your experience just uh all the positives and just all the good things that happened to you around that well you know i was a second round draft pick in the 1983 draft and i was so excited to be coming to tampa uh florida because you know that was the year after their uh they had had a playoff year in 82 that strike shortened year so you know, I was going to a playoff team. I was excited. Doug Williams, Coach John McKay, all that great stuff. And, you know, little did I know what I was getting into back at the time. And uh, little did I know that I would have over that decade that I played there, six different offensive line coaches, five different head coaches, 10 different quarterbacks, and and two or three different general managers. You know, we were a uh, we were a revolving door of players, coaches, personnel. And, you know, that was part of the problem with that decade and why we were so inconsistent and why my best record was six and 10. Um, but, you know, looking back, there's nothing about it that I would trade or change. It was a great place to come and start my family and raise my kids and, and, um, play with a, a lot of great legends and meet a lot of great people and have those relationships even today you know it's uh I, the, the fans and, and even about this game that's what I'm most excited about is that these fans get to experience this because you know they've been so loyal since 1976 back with the creamsicle you know uniforms and uh you know this is for them you know they always showed up no matter what kind of season we were having they were always loyal they stayed with us and you know that that's who I'm most excited for Absolutely. The fans definitely deserve it. Not, I mean, not even just the players, the organization, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, great storied franchise. I mean, sometimes those reasons, not always the best ones, but you know what? They hung in there and you guys have done an amazing job. And I just, a round of applause and a tip of cap to you, the fans and everybody that's involved with this, because like you uh, said, oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I didn't have anything to do with it, but I'm I, happy. Even you. just to be able to help <laughs> share the story of the fans, you know, that is a huge part right, right there because as, as a fan, I can tell you, no one ever knows what we're thinking, except when we're yelling at the TV to do something that nobody can hear us anyway. So, what And we you... can hear you through the TV sometimes, too. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, that's right. <laughs> so uh, as far as for this upcoming game, before we dive into the, the uh, meat and potatoes here, this upcoming game, obviously the young buck and the old buck, they're going head-to-head. And uh, I just, I'm dying to hear your thoughts on this one. 
Well, and, you know, back when they signed Brady, I wasn't quite sure how much gas he still had in the tank. You know, I knew he had a lot of talent. Obviously, he had proven that over the years, but I didn't know how much was left. The guy's getting pretty old, you know. Well, obviously, he proved everybody wrong. He's got plenty left in the in the tank. But, you know, what what he did, what he does bring and what I think is so the most important part of this whole thing is that to this young Tampa Bay Buccaneer team, he brought that air of confidence. And, you know, they can pick up on that in the huddle. And, and as a former offensive lineman, you know, I just I, I, I can't express enough the importance of going back to the huddle and looking at somebody in charge you know somebody that's that's calm and collected and in control and uh, you know that's that air of confidence that he brings with him and that's what he's instilled on these young players and and look what's happened you know you know how how advantageous home field advantage is and Mm. you know these last three weeks you know they've gone on the road they've won They've won with a young team, an inexperienced team at winning, and that's what Tom brought. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, as a New England fan, I, uh, I've, I've seen it firsthand for the last 20-odd years, yeah. and uh, it, it's, it's crazy, exactly like you said, that air of confidence. And, you know, that's why a lot of this game, uh, especially back in, uh, you know, 1930s, 1940s, it was held in such high regard because – it was the same thing as walking into battle. You wouldn't walk into battle with people you didn't trust, and you certainly wouldn't go without a commander that you trust. And it seems like right. Tom Brady stepped in and has really been able to raise the flag for these Tampa Bay Bucks and just follow the man behind the flag. We're going, boys. That's right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's contagious. And uh, his, his air of confidence is contagious to all these young kids. And, you know, he's teaching them how to win and how to win big games. And that's so important in this league. I couldn't have said that any better. Tony, your thoughts on this as well. The game upcoming tomorrow. And uh, first of all, just tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself and uh, just what's going on around your world. Um, I work with Randy. Uh, we're here uh, media week trying to uh, just educate people just about uh, athletes in recovery. And uh, Randy sharing his story about what he went through during his career and post-career and what he's doing now. Uh, in regards to the game, uh, I'm excited. There's a potential passing of the torch or Tom Brady goes out there and does Tom Brady stuff. <laughs> um, I think the home field advantage uh, is unique in the sense that, you know, I can't think of a, t- a time that a team had a home Super Bowl game. So I, not that Tom Brady needs any more uh, reason to win. But it'd be nice to win it in front of the home crowd. And not only that, but uh, you guys have seen what he can do on a revenge tour, and this is pretty much capital R on that tour. When he's got a chip on his shoulder, right. That's right. Chip on the shoulder, something to prove in the other hand, and uh, maybe some jets on the wheels. Who knows? Um, you know, the only the only bad thing about this whole thing is, is that Mahomes factor. You know, I hate that Mahomes factor. Yeah, he's quick, he's ornery, and you never know what direction he's coming from next. But if you think about it, that's pretty much what Tom Brady made a career out of too. So we'll see who can fire that shot better. Is really uh, it, it'll be the, the the defining factor. You know, who can outsmart and outchess the other one. And that, we're not even talking about the coach battle yet at this point. But it's all yeah, right. TV twelve right there <laughs> on the field. So we've seen it happen. Well, at least you know. At least you know Brady's going to be in the pocket. Mahomes is going to be no telling where. He's going to be running around trying to make something happen. Well, he will run around. We've seen him do that before, too. So that's oh, yeah. like, that's, like a young Steve Young. <laughs> right. That's the way. 
Shades of Steve Young. I'm so glad you brought up that reference. Uh, so, gentlemen, let's let's talk about your current projects nowadays. Obviously, running a uh, a recovery program. Uh, Randy, please tell me how that all got started and how you were successful in your battle with addiction and then able to help parlay that to help others. Well, I was that guy willing to do whatever I had to to stay out on the field. And that meant taking, for me, it meant taking handfuls of pain pills every day to practice through the pain and the injuries and to play through the pain and the injuries. And, you know, also handfuls of sleeping pills at night to uh, to get to sleep. And, you know, I just justified it so easy I wanted to be the best center that ever played the game I wanted to play the game forever I wanted to feed my family you know those were ways that I justified it and I didn't I didn't look at it like what it really was which was a full-blown addiction I looked at it as a necessary evil and you know um, know, I'm getting it from team doctors or team trainers or teammates or fans you know so you know I just thought that was the culture of the league back then and I know that's not an excuse but that's the way I justified it and I never expected to take that necessary evil into my retired life. And, you know, when it was all over in 1993, when I hung it up and I wasn't Randy Grimes, the football player anymore, I struggled with that too. That was just throwing gasoline on an already raging fire. And for the next 20 plus years, I just couldn't, I couldn't uh, control the chaos that addiction was. And, uh, you know, I'm the, I'm I'm one of those that had to lose everything to finally put my hand up and ask for help that I couldn't do it on my own and that happened in September of 2009 and you know back then there wasn't any resources available for retired NFL players so that's where and I'll I'll tell you a little bit more about how it all happened but that's kind of the birth of athletes in recovery wonderful story to back it up I mean just that you were able to overcome that and as you said by no stretch of the imagination, an easy feat for anyone to do, especially someone who's actually in that amount of pain daily, 24 hours a day. Uh, I mean, some folks at home listening to this, uh, somehow, even though we're in 2021, can't relate to that still. So to be able to hear it firsthand from someone who's been there, done that, and beaten it, it's nothing short of courageous. So I want to say thank you for being victorious in your fight. Thank you. And, you know, I I also I was that guy who didn't want to get the reputation of always being on the injury report or always being in line to see the doctor or always missing practice, because if you ever got that reputation, you know, you weren't going to last long in the NFL. It was going to be a very short career. So, you know, um, those are just ways that I justified. That was the mentality back then. You know, you, you stay out on the field, you, you pick yourself up, dust yourself off and you get back in the huddle and you keep your mouth shut. You know, big boys don't cry that, that whole warrior mentality. That's how I was back in the eighties and early nineties. And, you know, we would beat the crap out of each other all week long and then just hope that there was a little left in the tank to play on Sunday. That, that too was the mentality. You know, if you, 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 you play like you practice. So if you don't practice hard, you're not going to play hard. That's right. And, you know, the game changed so much now. Uh, you know, they don't practice near as hard as we did. You know, they're in shirt, uh, shorts and T-shirts most of the time. And uh, the, it's, guy, it's easier for guys to have longer careers now. And, and I don't think they have the, the practice-related injuries that obviously we had because we were playing dang near complete games every day out on the practice field. So the game's changed a lot, and I commend the NFL and the Players Union for, for – coming together on that 
It's, it's got to make you feel a little bit better on the inside, knowing that all these safety precautions have now changed and getting rid of those vicious head-on-head contact hits that have ended so many careers so short, and it's just so unfortunate that it happened that way and had to take years of traumatic injuries on the field before someone in the, in the office finally said, okay, maybe maybe let's not do that to these guys anymore. <laughs> you know what? I got knocked out so bad one time up in the Silver Dome that I walked off and sat on the Detroit Lions bench, and their team doctor sent me back in the game. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know who you are, bud, but uh, get back in there. <laughs> How many fingers am I holding up? And I said five. He said, get out there. You're perfect. Good. All right, go, uh, off you go. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you. That should have never happened, first of all. But that's, I mean, uh, it's, it's, the stories it's of life. Story Probably wasn't so funny then, but it's a good story now. <laughs> Retrospect will do that to us. Uh, now, you also wrote a book, uh, Off Center. I did. Please tell yeah, me all about that. that yeah, I've, and I've been working on it forever. Remind me not to ever write a book again. But right now it's in final editing. Hopefully it'll be out this summer. And it's 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 everything. You know, it's uh, everything leading up to uh, my time in Tampa, my time in Tampa, my time after Tampa, and, and then what I'm doing now. And the good thing about that book is that, you know, I started it, but then I started including all my family members, my kids, my wife, my parents, uh, my in-laws. Everybody who went through my addiction with me, I included them and and let them have a platform in the book. And it was a real healing process, you know. So even if the book is a huge flop, at least it was a healing process for Randy Grimes and his family. That's beautiful. Well said. And, you know, I'm so glad that you did that because a lot of folks, uh, like you just said, you know, they get so caught up in the, the, I just got to stay focused. They forget that the families are just as included in these addictions as the person themselves. So for you to have the presence of mind to say, hey, I'm writing a book, but this book is for us. It's for everyone that went through this. That's brilliant. And good on you for doing that because it's just, we, we, you want to see more of that moving on in the future because it really is. And our buddy, Tony LaGreca, a good friend of Mike Dempsey, he'll say it all the time. <laughs> It's all about the family and the friends. Addiction happens really, I mean, for various reasons, but it's continuated by a lack of understanding, a lack of, I don't want to say lack of love necessarily, but that, that you got to have that circle around you. And if you don't have that, it becomes such a harder fight than it ever needed to be. So good on you, making sure that the family and yourself were able to find closure and healing within that book. And uh, as soon as that's available, I absolutely want to have you on our show live. I want to promo that book for you in full, and I want to make sure everyone knows where they can get a copy so they can hear the Randy Grimes story for themselves. Thank you very much. Uh, now, a couple of other things on here. I, I definitely want to hear about the White Sands Treatment Center and how you became a community liaison between the two. Well, and okay, so... At- Like I said, uh, when I came into treatment, there was no resources out there for former NFL players. So that's how I started Pro Athletes in Recovery. And um, I started teaming up with the Player Care Foundation of the NFL. And because I knew that there was other guys at the time, there were 17,000 plus former players out there. And I knew a lot of guys were out there they're self-medicating just like I was and for whatever reason they either pride ego guilt shame 
or they just didn't know there was any resources available for them. I knew that there was a bunch of guys out there sick and suffering and wouldn't, wouldn't put up their hand and ask for help. So uh, that's how we got together with the Player Care Foundation. Uh, they started sending their players to me and to White Sands Treatment Center here in Tampa, Florida. And it's been a great relationship. We've been able to help hundreds of former players and not only NFL players, but Major League Baseball got involved with it, NHL, NBA, uh, former athletes from pretty much every sport you can think of, jockeys, uh, uh, professional motorsports guys, uh, um, golf, tennis, and, you know, the LPGA, the PGA, the WTA. I mean, all these different forms, because it seems like, you know, it seems like all of us had the same issues. Obviously, we had chronic pain. But we all had transitional issues when we didn't have that uniform to put on anymore or that locker room to sit in anymore or that playbook in front of us anymore. You know, we struggled. We struggled to find ourselves in our new identity and our new self-esteem. And and where are we getting that self-esteem from? Mm. And, and like so I'm, I'm grateful to White Sands Treatment Center and everything that they've been able to provide these athletes. That's right. Give you back that self sense of pride and the a return sense of ego in a positive and healthy way, and that's a lot exactly. of these, a positive way, right? That's right. And a lot of these treatment centers, you know, the good ones focus on exactly that because they realize without that internal healing and that internal love for yourself, there's no amount of help that's ever going to help. You have to have right. that want right. in your heart first, and you got to find that sense of uh, purpose again. You know? That's right. And a lot of us, you know, it's we're, a lot of us are men, you know, and we do what men do is identify through our jobs, through our careers and through every other aspect that we possibly can. Because, quite frankly, in most of our cases, it's almost all we have besides our family and our loved ones. And when you take that away, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is if you're a professional player, if you're in the military, if you're just a lifer, 40 years and whatever it was you do. When you lose that, you lose a large portion of your your habits, your your yourself everything so right good on you for being able to, to identify that uh now obviously you're actively helping folks in the community here athletes across the board how has covid really impacted your ability to reach out and help folks because i'm sure it's not like you could just go up and hey let me just sit next to you let's have a talk you know right we were dealing with a pandemic prior to this pandemic as uh, as randy likes to say so this has been an issue for years and even before COVID kind of, out, you know, had its outbreak. Uh, now we're just isolating more and staying at home and, and kind of like hunkering down and, you know, uh, idle hands are devil's workshop. So you have a whole bunch of people that were struggling with stuff a year ago and coping with it with alcohol and drugs. So we're in the middle of it. And that's why situations like this and having the opportunity just to talk about it and educate people and, just having this conversation and bringing it up kind of destigmatizes it. And there's no shame in asking for help. There's just shame in, in, in sitting by and, and doing nothing. Uh, nothing good's going to come from that. Well said. You know, and uh, I work with a series. You know, the, cra- the crazy thing is they're telling us to do exactly what we tell people not to do, and that's isolate. You right. Know? <laughs> I was just going to say. Well, you know, the great thing, the, at least we've had virtual, and we, we can get online. We can do a virtual meeting. We can call our sponsors. We can stay plugged in with our sponsees. You know, we can do We can stay accountable. It's just we have to do it virtually now, and we encourage people to do that. You know, isolation is the worst thing you can do in recovery. 
It's one of the worst things you can do in life in general. Uh, yeah. I work with several veterans organizations here in Boston, uh, one of them located out at the Bedford VA. Uh, one of our good friends, Chuck Delaney, is a combat veteran himself. He was over at the Beirut bombings when that happened. Oh, uh, wow. And, and he tells his story every week on WATD on Veterans Voice, 7 p.m., little plug. Uh, you know, it's all about being able to actually be in the room with these people sometimes because especially folks who are manipulating the situation however they have to, however they feel, because for obvious reasons, they, like you said, pride, shame, it all plays a factor in here. And sometimes you just need to be able to sit in the room with someone and say, how are you? Tell me how you are. are you, do you have a bottle next to you off screen that I can't see? Do you have something going on? I mean, my hands are here, my hands are there. It's very easy to hide them, unfortunately. And he brought up a great point in just saying the difference maker of being able to check in online is great, but you lose that that human connection. And that's really what folks need, especially while dealing with the early stages of coming out of this and trying to get into a program that helps them, whether they're a veteran or not. Uh, one of the rare circumstances where that's irrelevant, people need people. And this pandemic, right. as you said, been going on a long time, re- much longer than COVID. And uh, it's just good to see that the fight continues and that good people will not just sit idly by as others who need help continue to reach out. Thank you. Well said. Well, inspired by you guys. You know, you guys are the ones doing the great hey, yeah, work right. out here. So all the, in the world to you guys. Athletes in recovery, uh, where can folks find more information and how can folks donate and help out uh, just making sure the program stays up and running with you. Yeah, you can find me at proathletesinrecovery.org. And I don't want to, I know I'm here talking about the work that we do with the Player Care Foundation and the NFL and all that, but I, I don't want to box myself in and, and, and make people think that I only work with athletes. You know, we work with anybody seeking recovery, you know, anybody seeking a new life free from substance abuse. And, and that's who I'm reaching out to. And that's because that's everybody, you know, there's so many people out there and I want to educate as many people as I can about this disease of addiction. And, and uh, so look for me at, proathletesinrecovery.org or randygrimespeaks.com also at whitesandstreatment.com or wstreatment.com and of course I'm on uh, Instagram I'm on Twitter SoberCenter60 I'm obviously on Facebook and uh, if you can't find me then you're not trying very hard I'm real easy to find that's awesome and uh, we're definitely going to help forward all those tags along and put Put that exactly in the spotlight where it deserves to be, where people can find you easily. And uh, this is national at this point. I mean, it doesn't really matter where folks are, especially now with technology. Just reach on out. It's better than not doing it at all. And who doesn't want to come to sunny Florida, right? Right. And, I mean, it doesn't even matter what part of Florida you're talking about. It it could be any side. You you can't really miss. (laughs) Right, right. I was telling you off air a little bit. I lived in Hernando County and uh, in Brooksville for a little while. And man, as a uh, as a born and uh, raised Northerner, I gotta tell you what a culture shock that was for a solid year. Yeah. <laughs> it it was quite an experience to see a lot of the historic sites. Obviously, the Hernando County farms up there. Oh, they yeah. really, really do, and uh, just so many uh, just local cultural things. Just highly recommended right. if folks are uh, in the Florida area. Check it out if you haven't been there. I can't imagine why you haven't yet. 
But gentlemen, I appreciate your time today, and I just we have a couple of minutes left. I just want to make sure I give you the opportunity to get it out there anytime. Tony, do you have any information that you'd like the folks at home to be aware of as well? Uh, just, to, just to piggyback what Randy said, um, if you need help, you have a loved one that needs help, uh, reach out. Um, you were speaking before about military service and, and Randy's experience with the football and, and that fraternal feeling where, you know, the strong, silent mentality, you know, the tough guy mentality. Um, it's dangerous. It kills people. I, I have more respect for people that are willing to raise their hand and ask for help and, and say that there's a problem. Um, you know, Randy, what he does with the, the, the football and the, the, the helping athletes, uh, you look at some of the some of the toughest men on the planet and they're willing to reach out and say, Hey man, this is enough is enough when they reach that point and say, I need some help. So uh, if I can get anything across is, is if you or a loved one or a friend, coworker, family member needs help, reach out, reach out to someone, um, you know, silence is a killer. Do not go it alone. We got your six. And, you know, we we're constantly trying to tear down that stigma that's uh, associated with addiction that keeps people from raising their hands. And, and even even with families, you know, a lot of a lot of parents are, are guilty of burying their heads in the sand and, you know, thinking that if they don't acknowledge the problem, then maybe it doesn't exist or maybe it'll get better on its own. So, you know, I want to educate parents. I want to remove the stigma that surrounds addiction. And that's the that's what keeps people from putting up their hand and asking for help and my message is that it's okay to not be okay but it's not okay to not ask for help because there is hope there's help and there's resources out there well said randy well said gentlemen i know you got a busy day ahead of you so i'll let you get rocking and rolling but uh, thank you so much for joining us here thank you very much thank you for allowing us to stroll through boston for a little bit here you're always welcome and if you ever decide hey feel like getting on the radio tonight. Let's see what Benny Rabbi is up to. You give me a call and we'll make sure we get you on the air. I'm on five days a week, so I have the flexibility to make that happen for you. You're my hero, man. Thank you. Uh, you're right up there with me, buddy. Both of you gentlemen, thank you so much and uh, have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the game. And I think I say this for all of us. Go Bucks! Thank you. I'll see you. I'll see you in L.A. next year, right? There you go. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. All this right, has buddy. been a Take special care. production of The People's Truth. Thank you for joining us.